but I'm excited about the Word of God. Now, I've got to be a little bit honest preparing tonight. I got told, hey, you're preaching the PM service after Shane Willard. And I thought, thank you, Jesus. What an amazing service to be in. And sorry if you were here and you were expecting Pastor Shane, but hey, what's important is the message, not the messenger. So, And I really believe that God has given me a word. He's spoke, speaking to me, and I believe he's going to encourage you and speak to you this evening. So I'd love to pray before we jump into it. Jesus, we just thank you for your incredible word that speaks to us. And tonight we are ready and open and excited for what you have to say to us. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Turn the person beside you and say, get ready. Awesome. Hey, tonight I want to speak about selective hearing. Now, I preached a few weeks ago about peripheral vision, and a few people are asking me, am I going to do the whole five senses? Not sure. We'll see how we go. We might, we might go spiritual touch next. No, we won't do that. Uh, but tonight, I want to speak about selective hearing. Selective hearing is, I guess, where you choose what you listen to. You're hearing something, but you're actually choosing what you listen to. I don't know if you know anyone that has really good selective hearing. Often I find that parents have fantastic selective hearing. My dad is no exception. He has some of the best selective hearing I have ever seen. I think it's from years of raising annoying children that he's developed this incredible selective hearing. And and you can be asking him something, you know, three, four, five times, and then you'll yell like, Dad! And he'll be like, what? What? Like he's not heard you speaking for the last 10 minutes. It's like you've shocked him with something. And it's like, I was just asking where your good spanner is. Um, at the same time, you know, if you were to mention something, you know, in another room of the house, like, wow, that's a cheap old Holden for sale. He'd be straight in, you know, what's going on here? Same way in the office, you know, in the, in the, in the church staff, if you're mentioning something like, oh, gee, I really need help carrying a whole bunch of heavy chairs through the car park. It can be really quiet. But when we hear something like, wow, Dave went bought chocolates for the whole staff. It's like people are bursting through doors. People are falling out of the roof. It's like, where, where, what's going on? And thank you, Dave. They were amazing. Let's give it up for Dave. What a generous guy. Bless that whole staff. Selective hearing. It's not that we can't hear. It's just that we're not listening. And I think that, that the same can be with God. God is always speaking. But the question is, are we listening or are we perceiving what God is saying? And, and it says in Matthew eleven fifteen, it says, anyone, everyone say anyone. anyone, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Everyone can hear the voice of God. Whether you would claim to be someone who follows Jesus or not, God can speak to you. God is always speaking through his word. He's speaking through that still small voice inside of you, through TVs, through music. I don't know if you've ever had felt that. You're driving, you're like, oh my goodness, God is speaking to me through this song. Was this song written just for me? Um, I remember one time listening. stairs as God spoke to me about how he would never give up on me and he would always chase me with the plan that he had for my life. And I was like, oh God, what are you doing? And then now I look back and I'm like, well, I wasn't actually watching the movie, but God is always speaking. Anyone can hear 
But then in Matthew 13, 13, Jesus points out the issue is, for they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. So the problem isn't hearing God's voice. It's discerning it from all the noise that's around us and saying, that is the voice of God. That is what God is saying to me. It's, it's listening to God's word. It's knowing what God is saying. Job 33, 14 puts it like this, for God speaks again and again, though the people do not recognize it. So the problem is recognizing the voice of God in our noisy world. And, and who knows, we live in a noisy world. We've got the voices of our family, our friends, the voice of culture, TV, radio. We are bombarded with so much noise. And the challenge becomes discerning God's voice in the middle of a noisy world. I don't know if you've ever felt like that. I think we all want to hear from God, right? I don't think anyone here would say, if, if, you know, if, if God is real, I don't want to hear from him. We all want to hear from God. But the problem is we've got to be able to discern what God is saying. So how do you know what God is speaking to you? And I really believe this is going to help you tonight. So I want to look at the story of Samuel. And so we're going to jump into 1 Samuel 3, 1 to 11. And it says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then, then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went back and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now, I'm sure by this point, Eli's starting to get a little bit like, is there something, it's like, is there something missing from this kid? Like, is he all good? He's been here for a while. I haven't noticed he's like this. Um, and so, and then it says in verse seven, something really interesting. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So he didn't even have a relationship with God, but God was still speaking to him. And I believe that there's some people like that here tonight. Maybe you wouldn't claim to have a relationship with Jesus, but if you would let him, if you would open your heart, God would love to pour vision and purpose and life into your life. It goes on in verse eight, a third time the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli, realizing that the Lord was calling the boy, uh, so told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, Lord, uh, sorry, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. So Samuel listens and hears and identifies and discerns the voice of God. And God speaks an exciting voice, an exciting word into his life. And the reason I feel so drawn to speak about this tonight is I really believe that moving into this next year, God is about to do something new. God is about to do something that makes the ears of everyone in Toowoomba tingle and get excited and get ready. And I think that we're about to be a part of an incredible season of God doing amazing things. And the challenge for us is, are we able to hear and see and perceive what God is about to do? So how 
Do we hear what God has to say? I've got three thoughts from Samuel. The first thought is that Samuel was an active listener. I love that. He didn't just yell out from his room, yes, Eli. He got up and he ran and he said, Eli, yes, what, what would you have me do? I, I think when we're struggling to hear, we need to get somewhere where it's easy for us to hear. And, I, I, you know, I think if you answer a phone in a noisy cafe and you can't hear the person on the phone, what do you do? W- with the exception of a few people who just try and beat it, that are like, what? Can't hear you, mate. Can you speak a bit louder? Oh, I got this dang thing on speakerphone. It, with the exception of a few people, most of us will find a quieter place, right? You're on the phone and you're saying, sorry, mate, I can't hear at the moment. And you're running, looking for somewhere that I can, I can hear what's going on. I can, can I hear? Oh, yeah, no, no, I got you now. You know, what we do if we can't hear is we move somewhere that we can actually hear what is happening. And, and in the same way, God can speak to you anywhere. Anywhere in the whole world, God can speak to you in your best moment, in your worst moment. But I love that Samuel was in the house of God. And I love that church is just a place where we can put off distractions and so easily hear from heaven and hear what God has to say to us. He was serving when he heard. I love that. He didn't even have a a revelation of who God was and he was serving in the temple. Put it this way. He was volunteering on a team. He had joined the team when he heard from God. And and I think sometimes when it comes to serving and and being a part of a team, we can be hesitant. And, uh, you know, you come up with spiritual answers like, I'm just praying about it. You know, I don't know where I want to serve. I'm just praying about it and waiting for God to you know, point me in the right direction. But I, what I think is really spiritual is jumping in when, as soon as I can, even though I don't know what's going on, I don't know about this whole God thing, but what I do know is I want to be an active listener. I want to be somewhere where I can hear from God. I want to be serving in the house so that I'm going to be ready when God speaks to me. I want to encourage you, jump in, join a team. It's going to put you in a place where it's easy to hear from God. So I think we need to be active listeners, taking action, doing something. I don't know if you've ever wondered what your calling is at life. in life. We speak about calling a lot and maybe you're thinking, man, I just don't know what my calling is. I would encourage you, don't just wait for God to speak out of the blue to you about something. Start somewhere and God will lead you to the right place. Start anywhere. Find Honestly, join a team tonight, and you will work out what your calling is. If you join, let's give it up for the stream team who gets church online happening. You join stream team, it might take you 45 seconds to realize this is not what God is calling me to do. Just like Slater before when he tried to sing Lord Send Revival, and he realized, I am not called to be a worship leader. The way we find out what God is saying is we actively listen. We do something in the season that is in. I think sometimes what can stop us is questions like, is this my ambition? Is this the right place? Am I doing this for the right reasons? I love what it says in Hebrews 4.12. It says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You know, are these, the, are these just my own ambitions? Hey, God's word will sort that out. Hey, am I in the right place? God's word will sort that out. Be an active listener. Start serving. Join a team. Reach out to your friend. Talk to your neighbor. And you will start to see God speaking in your life. The second thought is we've got to get rid of distractions. Obviously, Samuel was 
distracted by Eli. And um, in the same way, it's really hard to hear when you're distracted. I don't know if you've ever been in public when someone's called out your name and it's like, it takes like, you know, them calling it like three or four times until you realize what's going on. You know, you're just in line at the new kebab shop and you've just ordered, you know, a combo with garlic kind of stuff on it. And I, I don't know all the words anymore. <laughs> it's been so long since I've ordered a kebab. Um, and you're waiting, you're ready, waiting for your, your, your number to be called out. And it's like someone's standing beside you being like, Levi, 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 hey, Levi. And then you're like, Oh, hey, like how long, how long have you been there for? It's really hard to hear when we're distracted. In the same world, like we were saying before, the world is a noisy place. Life is loud. People's opinions, temptation, shame, the voice of guilt, these are noisy things. And if we want to be able to hear and listen to and discern when God is speaking to us, we need to be able to put off distractions. And I think the first way to put it off is to recognize what the distractions are. They're the things that are drawing you away from church and drawing you away from God's plan. For Samuel, Eli was a distraction. I think Eli represented what he knew. He had always heard, like he, he was used to Eli calling out his name. And in the same way, I think we can be distracted by how God used to speak to us or, or how God spoke to us one time or, or how a move of God Looked like, And I love the song we sung tonight, Lord, send revival. Would you do again what you've done before? But I think sometimes we need to be expecting God to do something new and something different and to speak to us in a fresh way and not be just waiting for, well, no, 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 God did it differently last time. We've got to be expecting God to speak to us in a new and fresh way. And I think, you know, through this, this whole COVID season, I think that God is doing a new thing. And we've got to be ready to hear God say some things that maybe surprise us a little. Like, really God? But we've always done it that way. I think we've got to be ready to hear God say some new things in our life. Uh, it says in Matthew 9, 23, speaking about Jesus putting off distraction, uh, it's where basically the story of Jesus going into the synagogue leader's house and his little daughter has just passed away. And it says in verse 23, when Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes, he said, which is a kind of random thing, uh, he said, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand. She got up. News of this spread throughout the region. And I just love this, that, that Jesus took those noisy people, the pipe players, and said, get out. Get out of, get out of here. It, it wasn't like this big complicated thing. It was just like leave. And, and I, I've heard it described before as the flick of faith, where we just say, go away. And, and I think some of us, we need to do the flick of faith with things like guilt and shame and temptation. Just go away, temptation. Go away, guilt. I'm not thinking like that. I'm a righteous child of God. I am saved by grace. I'm not going to spend a whole heap of time worrying about my guilt and shame and worrying about if I'm okay. I'm just going to move forward. I'm going to give that the flick of faith, you know? Oh, some temptation, flick of faith. I'm walking into what God has for me. Oh, I'm feeling a little bit guilty, flick of faith. I'm saved by God's grace and he's a good God and he's got a good plan for me. The flick of faith. Let's get rid of distractions so we can hear what God has to say for us. And, and I would encourage us, you know, so, sometimes I think we can even run away from church to look for a quiet place. It's like we go on a, 
month-long vacation soul-searching, you know, like I'm really going to get out there and hear what God has to say. But I think sometimes it's easy as just turning up the praise in our life rather than, you know, giving the flick of faith and saying, God, I'm going to praise you for how good you are. And that's when we can actually hear the voice of God. Today is a new day. Final thought, just as we wrap up, how do we hear what God has to say? How do we discern it? Is we need to imagine. And I think that imagining, imagining is, it's, it's seeing with your mind's eye. And I think as a child, it's really easy to imagine. Um, I remember I used to have this really vivid dream that I would, would or it, thing that I would daydream, I suppose, and imagine over and over again. And it would you know, be the whole thing. There's someone, a very realistic situation for Australia. Someone's held up with a gun and, and they're about to shoot them. And I would run in and I would dive in front of the gun and I would take a bullet in a non-vital location, like just right through here where it doesn't do that much. And then I'd be in the hospital and everyone would be like, you, you've saved us. Wow, what a champion. I don't know if anyone else, maybe the little boys, you, you had a dream like that. You used to imagine things like that. And I used to have this vivid imagination where I just sit there and imagine things and pass the time. And I think something that I've noticed is that I've gotten older is that I've started to lose that a little bit. You start to become focused on what's in front of you and, and what's real and the facts and rather than imagining what God could do. And I love in Ephesians 3.20, it talks about God can do, unimagine, uh, can, can do more than we can even hope or imagine. And, and I remember being challenged by that and thinking, am I actually limiting what God is doing in my life because I'm not imagining bigger things? If, if, if God can do bigger things than I can imagine, I want to imagine even bigger things. I want to imagine God doing a new thing in my life. I want to imagine getting healed. I want to imagine. I want to see it in my own eyes. I want to see my family meet Jesus. I want to imagine it because if God can do more than that, I want to imagine something bigger again. I can imagine church in stadiums. I can imagine Jesus changing people's lives. I can imagine my friends coming and being healed and touched by the goodness of my Savior. We've got to imagine some big things. We've got to imagine it. Let's not limit what God does by, by having a small picture of what He can do. I love the scripture in Isaiah 4, 9, 43, 19. It says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I love that. See, I am doing a new thing. In other translations, it says, it says, behold, or, or look, I am doing something new. Can you see what God wants to do? And I just think that, that coming out of COVID, you know, there's been so many changes. And I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things that I'm happy have changed. And, and there's almost a little bit of fear inside of me that, that after this whole season ends, we're just going to go back to life how it was, back to the mundane and the ordinary. We're going to go back to having church how it was. But I really think that God is saying to us and speaking to us as a church, saying, do you not see I'm about to do something new? And I would encourage you, church, would you imagine with me? Let us imagine together as a church of what, what God is going to do in this new season, the new things that He's going to do, the new ways that He's going to move, the new people that He's going to impact. Let us see what God wants to do. I don't want to just go back to last year. I am ready for something new. Is anyone else here ready for God to do something new? This is the greatest opportunity. So let's perceive the new thing that God is doing. So I want to encourage us. Hey, let's, use, let's tune our selective hearing 
into what God has to say by being active listeners, by getting rid of distractions and by imagining the big and awesome things that God wants to do. I've got a couple of questions to finish with just because I'm channeling my inner Pastor Shane Willard. First question, are you actively pursuing what God has to say to you or are you just waiting where you are to hear? Are you actively seeking God's word or are you just waiting for a voice in the sky to tell you what's next? What's one distraction that you need to give the flick of faith? And I really feel that tonight, maybe there's a couple of people here and even when it comes to things like stepping into leadership, there's been a, a voice inside your head saying that you're not good enough or you could never lead like that. And I really believe that the word of God for you tonight is that it's time to give that voice the flick of faith and to say, no, if God has called me to it, he's going to provide me for it. Maybe it's, maybe it's someone here, maybe you're, you're just tossing up about starting a new business, but there's been these voices holding you back. I want to encourage you. Maybe it's the time to give those voices the flick of faith and to step forward into what the new thing that God is calling you to. Final question. What are you imagining for this next year? I want to encourage you that our imagination is powerful. As we imagine with faith, it really, I think it expands what God is able to do because God can do even more than we can imagine. So I'd encourage you, get a big imagination for next year. So come on, are you ready to hear what God has to say to you? So good. Why don't we stand together? I'm just going to pray in a moment. Um, but I'd just love to just you know give a moment to, if there's anyone here this evening and, and maybe you... You're here and you, you, you wouldn't confess to be, you wouldn't say to be a follower of Jesus, that you're a follower of Jesus. Or, you know, maybe you're on a journey and you're not really sure what the future has in store for you. I would just encourage you that there is a God who loves you, who wants to put all the pieces of your life back together and, and write a new story with an incredible future for you. And you've got an opportunity tonight to, I guess, turn your shoulders towards God and say, God, if you are real, I want you to be a part of my life. Or even God, if you're real, I want to know more about you. And maybe there's people on all kinds of parts of the journey tonight, but I'd encourage you tonight, would you consider just taking one more step towards God? Maybe you've been questioning it for a long time. I'd encourage you, would you just take one more step towards Him? One more little step of faith where, hey, God, if you're real, you know, show me this. God, if you're real, would you show me that? And I really believe that God is faithful, that as you seek Him, you will find him. And uh, we're just going to say a really simple prayer tonight, this evening. And if that's you and you're saying in your heart that, yeah, I want to say maybe one more yes to Jesus. I want to take another step towards him. I'd love you to just believe this as you say this prayer together. And we're going to all pray together. So let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life and I'll follow you. Amen. Hey, and if that's you, you made that decision. We're so excited for you.